Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels podcast. Hey, what is back at you once again for another edition of the all angels podcast i'm joined as always with down garcia and yeah we are back last week uh i was on vacation in the central coast of california so good job of holding it down with uh with mark man uh uh thank you i, I thank tuned you. in as uh <laughs> as i was on vacation i was yeah, like oh, yeah. let me that, tune in. that was a long drive so i'm sure you had had to have uh oh, something man. to do yeah it was like a four or five hour drive relaxing uh fourth of july so not much really happening in the world of as far as games for the Angels. I mean, obviously, they had the games that they played right after uh, or right before the All-Star break. So we'll get into the weekend review as we always do. And uh, so we'll get the, the we'll get the show going. But before we do that, it's hard to believe that football season is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August the 1st. And soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football games. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploded in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in the business for years, my bookie is the place for you. With an easy, no hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, my bookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew, B- Drew Brees and the Saints get their revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship game. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? And if you deposit today, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in $100, they'll give you 50 You put in $1,000, they'll give you 500 It's that easy. Football... Football weekends are the best, but they are even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today when you use promo code ANGELS. That's promo code ANGELS at mybookie. You play, you win, and you get paid. So go check out mybookie. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, let's let's get into it, man. I, like I said. Quick, quick four games. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, we're used to almost six, sometimes even seven games in the week. Depending how the schedule, yeah. the, the recording <clears throat> schedule goes. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the All-Star game was this weekend, and the Angels played up to Sunday. And, you know, when you guys recorded, it was uh, Fourth Independence of Day. Yeah, Fourth yeah. of July or in the morning and the afternoon. So yeah. before the actual game got started. Yeah, so in this game, the Angels actually, they took the loss 9-3. to three. It was a tough one for Griffin Canning. He went three and a thirds, gave up seven hits, six earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. 
I didn't really watch the game, um, but I did watch highlights, and there was a clip where Griff just looked shaken, maybe still. Yeah, and, and even when he got taken out, he was super emotional. So you know that had, and it being his first game back um, since the Skaggs' death. Um, yeah, you could tell he was definitely feeling it, definitely still on his mind. Um, but it just seemed overall that, you know, he had, you know, his strikeouts were there. He got six, but it just seemed like command-wise it wasn't there. Um, kind of left stuff over the plate. With seven, you can see we gave up seven hits, six earned runs. Um, but, you know, I, I just think for the whole team, it was just a really hard Texas trip in general. Just one of those things where you're, you're kind of glad the, the break happened when it did so these guys can go home, um, decompress, you know, grieve in, in an appropriate way where you're not worried about a game the next day. So yeah, um, all things considered, you know, it's one of those games where it's hard to say that, he was, you know, the extra day of rest maybe hurt him. But I don't think it was that. I think, honestly, he just probably went out there with a lot of emotion, a lot of things on his mind. And and it, it's not, and sometimes it shows up in, in, in games like this. Yeah, and it was no – he didn't – he you know, he said it himself that, you know, he looked at him as – he looked at Tyler as a big brother type. So it had to affect him, especially a kid coming up through the system, coming up this year. Um, it was a close game until the fourth when they – you know, that's when the, the, the Texas Rangers kind of exploded there. Um, Angels did have ten hits, but – Man, Texas had 14 with nine runs. So. Yeah, exactly. Angels had 10 hits, but they were one in seven, one for seven in uh, runners in scoring position. So, again, um, big number with guys left on base. Um, Trout ended up hitting a home run in the first thing to kind of get it started. But after that, you know, it, it, hits came, but it just didn't seem like they came yeah. in a, a situation where you can score multiple runs in an inning because, you know, they, the Rangers were able to score three times in, in two different innings where the Angels won here, won here, and won here. They weren't able to put t- too much together. So that that hurt when they, um, you know, uh, for the game. Yeah, so moving on from that game, they moved on. They moved on from Dallas area, which is probably the best thing that could have happened to the Angels. Let's get the right. hell out of there. Yeah, yeah just um, kind of get, yeah. get, get away from, you know, obviously they're going to have to go back later. But yeah, but, you know, just let's get the hell out of right, there. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get away. Still stayed in Houston. They still stayed in Texas, obviously moving to Houston. And in this game, it was an opener game with Noe Ramirez. He pitched one inning, zero throughout, no yep. runs, yep. no walks, clean, no hits, no super, strikeouts. Super clean inning, which, yeah. again, as an <clears throat> opener, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, get in, get out, and, and let your, I guess, quote-unquote bulk guy get yeah. in there and, and handle the rest. The follower was uh, Felix yeah. Pena. He gave uh, free pitch four innings, gave up three hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. In this game, the Angels got to Verlander as Cole Calhoun put the Angels – Ahead two to one on a two run home run in the third, and later in that same inning, Otani on his birthday hit a solo shot as well. So here's the first one's Cole. Cole rips one out toward right center field, towering shot headed toward the bullpen. Reddick is going to watch it go. Big fly for Cole Calhoun, and that's drilled out to straightaway center field. Springer moving back to the wall. That is gone. Big fly, Otani side. So that put the Angels up three one three to one. Simmons would not be outdone as he homers off Verlander in the sixth. So Verlander gave up three home runs in this game, which is good because you know you get to Verlander, that's always a good thing. Kind of gives you exactly. momentum, gives yep. you mm-hmm. confidence. Um, Trout gets in on the home run parade as he gets to the Strohs pin for a solo shot in the eighth. That is out toward left field. Bradley moving back, and that one is gone. Big fly for Michael Nelson Trout. Five two Halos. We're not worthy. The Astros would get to within one, but they hold on. The Angels hold on five to four as Undertaker. Yep. 
Guess the same. Right now he. Oops, wrong one. There it is. I, what I liked about this game was that the Angels uh, it held on to it. It was you know with the Astros you can never as you we're going to talk about. Right, you can never soon, you can never you can never have too many runs. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's funny though too because we saw the game and kind of from what the Otani and um, uh, Cole home runs, I, I told my wife I'm like, all right, well that's great, but I think they're going to need to at least score five or six runs to yeah. kind of make it, you know. Uh, I guess a little more relaxing. Give and they you score. a cushion. Right. And, and still then, they still almost caught up. But with that win, I guess they, they climbed back to, uh, what was it, a, one a game, game over 500. 500. Yep. Awesome. And then also now our new tradition. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> there we go. There we I go. like that. I like that. So moving on to the six against Houston again. Now, this one, I don't have too much because nothing really happened on the Angels' side. Right. Heaney went five innings, gave up five hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Absolutely no offense, right. no runs on four hits. But you attribute that to Garrett Cole. He was on. He had nine strikeouts in the game, pitched seven innings. Yeah, I mean, too, kind of like what you said, Heaney didn't have a bad no. a bad outing. I mean, like he said, five innings, two earned runs. His pitch count was only at 85, so it was kind of – Surprised they took him out when he did. I think it was more kind of like, oh, here comes the top of the lineup again, the whole three times through the lineup kind of deal. But again, it, it hurts when your your um, your four through nine hitters don't get a single hit. All all your hits come from the first three guys in your lineup. So mm-hmm. it's you know it's, it's impossible to get hit after hit after hit when no one's doing that. And right. and Garrett Cole when he's on, I mean he's one of the best pitchers Absolutely. in the game when yeah. he's on. So. Um, Kind of like you said, a four nothing game. Um, you know, the Astros kind of went on a roll. The fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, they all they got one run in each. Yeah. Kind of death by paper cut on that one. But yeah, yeah it, it just was unfortunate that the Angels couldn't get anything kind of going after having a really good uh, Friday night game. Yeah, just, just four hits the whole game. I mean, man, that's yeah. <laughs> you can't get guys on. You can't score runs. But you can't get guys on. So, uh, moving on to uh, Sunday's game. This one was a. God, that was a crazy game. To watch. It was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Like it was one of those games where, okay, cool, I'm gonna watch it. I forgot we were going somewhere. I was like, okay, I can watch the game. It's early enough, I can watch it. And then, man, and then it, it just went on forever. And you're just kind of thinking, like, what's happening here? Yeah, exactly. It, it was like a slow burn, slow it death. Seems like almost the Angels have these kinds of games with Houston. It's crazy, right? They, I well, I mean, that part, part of it, it's too, is just Houston being Houston. They're yeah, never, they're never they're technically never out, of out of a game. I mean, yeah. It, even with this game, you 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 would think being up, you know, as late as they were, seven they're seven two at the top at the end of the top of the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would have some kind of I don't want to say staying power, but again, it's, this bullpen is, is is good, but it's worn out. So you're going to have kind of clunking ga- clunker games like yeah, this. Yeah, and at the, the same bullpen. time, you can't deny the Astros have a hell of an offensive team. Right. Uh, Suarez went three and a third, gave up five hits, two and runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Like I said, just a real yeah, and that hurt. I mean, in the long run, you, I mean yeah, you just couldn't get guys out. Yeah, and, and you look forward. at it, every single person on or every single pitcher, all nine of them they used that day, gave up a run except for Anderson that went only two and a third inning, so he didn't even go a full inning. And then mm-hmm. Robles, who um, probably did, sh- went two runs, went two innings, but he walked three, yeah. so you know he kind of skated by with that. Right, but right. I mean, you have no way that gave up two who. Just was the opener on Friday and did mm-hmm. great. So you're kind of surprised by that. 
you have Cam that's been doing was has been on a roll of, oh, of late. He, just, he gives up four. Yeah, that was so so watch. again, that's something that you not you're not expecting. Right. Butchery again, Butchery, who a lot of people think he should have been in the All Star game, gave up two. We mentioned Robles, um, but with the three walks for Robles, I mean he was walking a, a tight rope. Right. And then when Cole is your guy in the eleventh inning, where anything can where anything's going to yeah. And to me, when he came in, I'm like they kind of used all their bullets. Yeah, and then you're and on the road. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just kind of thinking. Well, once Cole got brought in, he's yeah. not the guy you want in that high level no, situation. So I not. wasn't too comfortable at that point. No. But just one of those games where you think offensively they'll produce enough. And, and I mean, they technically did. they did. They should. I mean, anytime you score runs. 10. But just the bullpen, everyone on the bullpen had a bad day the same day. Usually you can survive if right. one guy has a bad day. But when everyone has a bad day, it's it's, it's almost impossible, no matter yeah. what your offense is doing. Just to give a quick recap on this one, <clears throat> just a back-and-forth game. Like I said, Houston jumped ahead first in the second, but then the Angels would go ahead 7-2. to two. Headed into, like you said, that bottom of that fifth. And then four runs in the bottom of the sixth, that kind of just started to, you know. That was then a they snowball came back, effect. Yeah. yeah, a lot of hits and a lot of runs by both teams in this game. The Angels, you know, the offense was capped by a two-home run game from Mike Trout. Right. Staying hot with just, the home runs. He has been absolutely. We're not like worthy. We're not Yeah, just worthy. really quick. We're and not he's not just, for someone like that, you kind of wonder so if. <laughs> you kind of wonder if the if the break was maybe a bad thing from because you know I guess uh, we'll have this we'll have to see um, Friday obviously being the first grinding. game back he's been but grinding so we'll so see hopefully and he comes back on fire like just like he left yeah. so we'll see and in this one obviously the I don't want to say the highlight but the big news out of this one was the, you know this game went in extras because in the uh, ninth the Astros had a chance to score there off Robles and there was a collision at the plate um, there's an email, email that we'll, yeah, so we'll, we'll get, get to, into we'll get it to then. our our opinions yeah. of it then but yeah um, just, a just a tough play to watch right and then um <laughs> obviously i initially was called safe i i, I the only thing because the the camera was on lucroy the whole time so i i don't believe it was a new york review i believe it was an umpire getting yeah. with everybody and calling him out it wasn't a let me go to the replay kind of thing it was like let me talk to everybody yeah. and see what's going to happen it kind of just happened real quick right after they kind of carted him off right so. as soon as the kind of everything settled down um they called them out, but you, you on camera or on TV, you really didn't see the conference. So right. that was a little bit surprising to me that they, they, they did that that quick without going to an actual kind of a replay system. Right. At least I didn't see it. Right. So in this game, obviously 10 runs by the angels, 16 hits, but the Astros have 11 runs and 19 hits. That's hey the Astros, you know, as for as much as you said, well, we, we blew this game. We we're up seven, two, the Angels scored 17 runs and hit 16 hits off the Astros. Exactly. So, it, 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 you know, you the offense, it the offense is, is, has been really clicking, you know, except for that one game against Cole. But kind of like what I said earlier is, like, if one of your bullpen guys is having an off day, you can survive that. But when Everybody when everyone's having an off up day, a run. Yeah. yeah, when everyone's having an off day, you're not going to be able to um, – you know, you're not going to be able to stop it. And, and I feel bad because it's like they showed um, – Osmus a couple times in the dugout, and he's, he kind of has that look on his face. Okay, what do I do well, now? Yeah, there's nothing. I, I, I pulled this guy and I put yeah. Butchery in. He gives up two runs. Okay, what am I like? What else can I do? Like, Who can I go? I, you right. Can't, I mean, okay, he's, I, I can pull this guy and put yeah. the next guy in, but he gave up two. So it's, it's just a, a crappy situation for a team that's looking to kind of build some momentum. But yeah, yeah, I know, don't blame Osmus. Yeah, at all that I mean, what, what are you he do? pulled guys and put guys in the situations that they normally. Yeah, you know, you're bringing in well Butchery. And, you're bringing in Butchery. You're confident. Exactly. Gonna, you, know. you know, he gives up two, and you're kind of thinking like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. So, um, and he actually brought him in like early too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. So. He did. Um, so that was it for the week. The Angels head home. They were recording on Thursday, so Friday 
tomorrow. Their, which is tomorrow. They'll have three against the Ams in Anaheim, then four against the Astros, and they'll head, head on the road to play Seattle in Seattle, and then they come back home, I guess, to play the Dodgers. It'll be in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much a home yeah. game, almost. The only, it, it, I, I, I kind of do like those the different rules, though, because it's kind of interesting to see how everyone plays it. You know, being an AL team, you're not used to the um, pitch hitting and double switches and right. all that whole stuff. Whole different so ball game. It's a whole sure. different monster um, in that one. So, as far as news is concerned, obviously this week was the All Star Game and an incredible uh, home run derby. Probably one of the best home run derbies I've watched. Them. I was busy that day. But oh, it was it was crazy. It was a great one to watch. We'll the, get to that interview later. Yeah, the finale wasn't. Eh, it was okay, but you know, obviously. The Angels had a little bit of rooted interest in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We feel like he's a part of our, our family kind of a little bit there. Which is weird, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was cool. But, you it's know. Like third cousins twice right, removed from the right. mom's side. They, hopefully one day. But the I mean, who knows, you know. Angels need to make a move there. Knock, knock, knock. I don't want to be one of those people. But um, I guess, you know, uh, Joe Adele, I think, is the the – Obviously, the Angels' number one prospect. Right, the top guy that the Angels have right, right now. Yep. And everybody knows about Mike Trout and what he does and his All-Star Game appearances, and it was cool to see Stella out there. But when the Angels have representation in the Futures game, um, it's always cool to see. This is his second Futures game. He played in the Futures game last year as well. But it's always cool to see a prospect from your system that you can actually look at and say, yeah, this guy will be in the system. The Angels have had guys playing Futures games before. They really didn't really pan out much. But Joe Adele, I think, stands out from the rest. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, this is his second year in the Futures game. Um, you know, had a couple hits, had a great diving catch in the outfield. Um, I was listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast um, on from ESPN. And Buster Olney and Keith Law started talking about talking about the Futures game, and Joe Adele came up. Man, uh, and you mentioned Joe Adele. He was the guy who really stood out to me when you sort of realize you see him in person, you see him on the field, his physicality. Oh, my God, uh, yes. and, and a reminder, I, you know, when Mike Trout signed his contract and there were so many fans responding, well, he's consigned himself to last place for the rest of his career, and I, I never understood that perspective. And Joe Adele is a reminder of, yeah, the Angels are getting better. Yes, and by the way, you know, Trout, if you talk to Angels people, Trout is very involved. Like, he's asked, he wants to get the minor league reports every day. He knows who Joe Adele is. He's worked with him in spring training. He was spending time with the kids on the minor league side. Mike Trout's decision to stay in to stay with the Angels was not just about money and certainly not about money and not really just about loyalty, but about the idea that he's part, he has made himself part of the whole process there. And so he sees all these prospects coming and he wanted to stay not just because he thinks they're going to get good, but because he's involved in their development. And Adele is, he's the best of all of them. And you mentioned his his physicality. Not only is he, he's always had tools. He said he had tools when he was kind of a raw like really crude hitter as an underclassman in high school, but the evolution in his swing and especially the evolution of his body from when he was about 16 to where he is today is unbelievable. I hadn't seen him this, I hadn't seen him since spring training this year. So first time in a couple of months, I saw him at the futures game. And I, I mean, I could not believe he looks good, but he, Oh my gosh, he is big. He's, he's like, he's major leaguer big at this point. Physically, you could plop him in the five spot in a major league lineup, and you wouldn't even blink. 
So again, that was Buster Olney and Keith Law on the ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast talking about the Futures game and obviously um, an angel with a bright future, Joe Adele. So it was really cool to hear them talk about um, a guy that kind of like what they're saying is going to have a bright future with the Angels. And um, it's even cooler to know that the farm system and guys like Joe are one of the main reasons that Trout ended up staying with the Angels and not going out and testing free agency. So it's kind of cool to see if Trout sees – help on the way then i don't see why as fans we shouldn't also see it the same way as you know yeah this year next year might be whatever but you know give it 2021 2022 somewhere around there i think they can really um launch with a lot of this young talent coming up and and developing yeah and and what i liked about that what i heard on that was the fact that these guys you know keith law was keith law yes buster only they're admitting finally that the Angels are getting better, and that's something that we haven't heard. Yeah, in a it's very always long good time. that the, I mean, if your team's going to struggle, then at least the good thing about it is that you can maybe look forward to something you know in the future where before Angels would struggle, but then you look at the farm systems like, well, we don't uh. really don't have a whole lot to get excited about. At least now, granted, this is probably not the season you want, but you can at least talk yourself into it's going to get better, it's going to get better. Because you're hearing it from all the you know right people. You're not right. hearing it from Joe better. from the gas station. No, no. You're hearing it from guys Everybody. that have been around yeah. the game for 20, 30 years and, and have covered the game in, in, in so many different decades that and, it gives you something to be encouraged about. And what you, I think we talked about, we touched on this on a previous podcast, is you know as, as, as bad as we've been, we haven't gone into full, full re- rebuild mode. Like some teams where they just right, they just just tank the crap out tank. of it. And the Angels have found a way to stay somewhat competitive and, and not so completely tank. And that's tank. so hard. It is. It's so hard. The, uh, what, you, what we got to realize as fans is that we either suck really, really bad and lose a lot and be the Orioles, or we do what the Angels are doing now and we're kind of a 500 Taking team. steps, taking baby steps. Yeah. like. But the Astros and, and Cubs did it, and they took oh, big steps, but it took a, it wh- took a while. It took a while. The Astros Cubs- were a laughing stock. Yeah, exactly, especially when they made the transition from the yeah. NL to the AL. Yeah, they were getting beat by everybody. You know, I think me, you, and Chris could have played them and might have won a game or two here. But Only if you put me in left field, yeah. I don't do much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, speaking of farmhands, there's two Angels uh, – farm, uh, two Angels um, – two star Angels who worked their way through the farm system who are actually right now in the farm system because they're doing rehab starts. J.C. Ramirez and Keenan Middleton doing rehabs right now, as well as, you know, he's ha- he's not a farmhand from the Angels, but uh, Matt Harvey. Yeah, so as we record this tonight, again, it is Thursday night. Um, Middleton's going to make his second appearance. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to start because when he his first appearance, it was a start one inning super quick. Um, but he's going to make his second appearance with the IE 66ers. But they are up in Vesalia, so that's the only reason why we're not there right now is that uh, Vesalia is a little bit of a drive, and I don't think either one of us want to take it. That's far. Yeah, so Middleton just – we're going to play the interview I got with him from uh, earlier this week a little bit later. But um, the Cliff Notes version of 16 pitches, 11 of them strikes, two, um, two strikeouts, both of them were swinging, one – uh, batter or one you know base runner, but that was reached on an air, so it wasn't necessarily um, a hit or anything like that. It was a, a, a kind of an easy uh, play to third, and then the third baseman threw it threw it away, not threw it away, but made the first baseman reach for it, which in the long run was good because coming out of there in the locker room, he was talking about how he finally got able to work out of the stretch. If you followed him for his first rehab start, he was um, at a lower level in Arizona. And he went seven pitches, three outs, no one got on base. So it was real quick, didn't get any work in. So this time he was able at least to work a little bit with guys on base, guys, you know, um, putting ball in play and him having to react 
where before he had none of that. So um, we'll see how it goes today. Maybe by the time we end this podcast, we will have an update on what he did. Be- just because, like I said, he's probably going to go one inning and that's it. Um, but other than that, J.C. Ramirez is also starting tonight in Salt Lake. He's been working um, back for a while now, quite a while since we talked to him at um, Ranch Cucamonga Quakes when he was with the LN Empire 66ers. But he uh, last couple starts have been all right. So, again, he's trying to work back. And then, like you mentioned, Matt Harvey is starting this weekend, Saturday. So, again, we'll see how that is, if that's kind of a last. Meh. Here's your last chance before we make a, uh, uh, a long-term decision, kind of like what they would do with Cody Allen. So we'll see what happens yeah. with that. You know what? Um, what I was thinking about, about um, you know, we'll talk about it on email. We got an email. We'll talk about that. Okay. Email. I'll, I'll save it. Yeah, we'll save, save the goods. Save I'll, the goods. I'll save it. I'll save so it's it. fast forward, people. Yeah, I'll save it. So that does it for our, our news slash weekend review. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But I'd, first, I'd like to take a second. To introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek, let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals in your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes a great deal, a yellow dot means good deal, and a red dot means not so good deal. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And a huge shout-out to our sponsors again at Groom Goon, um, www.epicradiotv.com, of course, SeatGeek, and my bookie. Uh, this this week, with it's kind of a slow week, you know, and we wanted to, we wanted to give you guys some... Um, some good entertainment and if you want some good entertainment what better place to go watch some minor league baseball than the Inland empire 66 it's a great stadium to be at the people that work there are great and one of those people that has been nothing but great to us is um steve went steve went is the voice of the 66ers he's a play-by-play guy it seems like that guy uh is like one never of has the, a day off. yeah he's always every time i see him he's working he's got, coming back and forth but yet makes time for everybody Without Steve Went, you know, uh, we wouldn't have the credentials that we have yeah, in the he's, Empire. He's the reason why we're able to get interviews with guys like, like a, um, 
Keen Milton, a Justin Upton when he was rehabbing there, yeah. uh, JC, you know, or even up. like yeah. prospect guys, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh. Um, those guys, you know, without him kind of giving the okay, yeah, very uh, accommodating. He, it, it was, it would be very, very hard to, to do that. Yeah. So, uh, we actually set up an interview with Steve. We wanted to get him on to just talk about things that he does. Baseball and, lifer. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's been around the game yeah. one way or the other for a long time. And uh, you were able to catch up with them in the interview this past week. And uh, here's the interview with Inland Empire Six Sixers, Steve Went. So I'm here with Inland Empire 66ers, Steve Went. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. So we're here, you're the broadcast guy for the 66ers, but that's not all you do for the team. So, you know, can you give us a little more like behind the scenes look at what you do from your day to day? Well, yeah, so I mean, in the off season, I'm, I work in the front office and, and uh, do uh, sales for the team, uh, you know, try to get those fence signs sold and, yeah, and exactly, sponsorship yep. and things like that. Uh, uh, and then I'm out in the community trying to drum up support for the, the, the business. But uh, during the season, obviously, I broadcast the games, but a lot more goes into that uh, from a daily basis uh, at the minor league level. You're having to be the media relations right, person yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and tend to those clients that you worked on all winter <laughs> yeah, long. Exactly, and so, yep. Um, yeah, so it's it's a long day. Yeah. Um, how did you get into broadcasting? What pulled you to broadcasting? You know, it's funny. I, I always... I, I loved listening to games as a kid. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Bay Area, and there were uh, it was incredible the broadcasters I got to listen to, uh, and and they weren't just Northern Californians. At night, I could get Vin Scully. Yeah, uh, you know the the station out of Bakersfield was a flamethrower, and uh, and uh, so I'd get in the Bay Area at night. And uh, but Lon Simmons and and Bill King and and Hank Greenwald and and these guys, uh, you know, that's what I grew up listening to. And so I'd go to these games. I was a little little baseball player like right. everyone else uh-huh. and I'd be watching the game but I'd also peek up at the box and want to you know wonder what was right. going on up there yeah. and so I went to college uh, I played at junior college but being hurt and being terrible <laughs> bad, they, bad they, they, they coincided <laughs> and, and they, they they intersected and that was the end of that so uh, I got into the the school newspaper at UC Santa okay. Barbara and the student radio station and was able to kind of uh, work both of those and, and then get tapes and send them out and, and got a job. And you mentioned that you're also the uh, UC Santa Barbara men's uh, basketball play-by-play guy. Yeah. Um, was basketball like was basketball and baseball kind of like head-to-head as far as your love as a child, or were you did you lean more towards one than the other? Yeah, baseball's like oxygen for yeah, me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I love doing basketball. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an event. Each right, game's okay. an event, mm-hmm. but I admire the grind of baseball. Yeah, the, I mean, day. you got to be tough every yeah. day, you know? And, and, uh, and so, uh, I love doing basketball. And, and part of my love is that I'm getting to do the, the games for my alma mater. Mm. Um, so that's special. That's right, fun yeah. for me, you know, and, and it keeps me connected to a place that I love. Um, and I do enjoy doing basketball games. I really do. But, but this is, this is what I love. What, what is your first baseball memory? It could be something, like you said, something you listened to on the radio, maybe going to a game as a kid. Do you remember your first like oh, baseball man. memory? So I remember just being real small, playing with my dad mm-hmm. in the front yard, you know, with the wiffle bat. Um, my dad was a good play- baseball player. He played at Fresno State uh, for uh, Pete Biden and Bob Bennett, who were legends in the Valley there. Um, and uh, I grew up in Oakland when Oakland was kind of mecca. Okay. For baseball, mm-hmm. um, you know he's he's a little younger, but like Frank Robinson and, and Joe Morgan and Veda Pence and those guys. Um, so uh, baseball was always it. Um, but I remember going to Ken- my first big league game was Candlestick Park. Okay. Uh, Jack Clark Giants, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and, and Chili Davis was a rookie, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, 
I remember those days. Those were those were dark days for the Giants, <laughs> actually. But I and I ended up and and uh, you know, forgive me, uh, all of the Angels fans, but I grew up an Oakland A's fan. It's okay, we we talked to uh, Red Bollinger of the MLB.com, and he yeah. grew up a Dodger fan too, yeah. so it's understandable. I, you know, it's funny how that changes in your life. Um, you know, I grew up rooting for the A's, obviously, but uh, um, when you work in baseball, you end up kind of pulling for the team that you work for, and it's not from a fan standpoint. It's uh, I work with these people. I've become right. friends with these people, and I want them to keep their job. Yeah. And so I want that team to win. <laughs> and so that's kind of where you, you end up ending up uh, floating in the, in the whole rooting world. Yeah, I mean, and and you've been here with the 66ers, Kirby from Wrong, since 2014. Yeah. So, you know, same guys come in, come out, players. What's probably the best prospect you've seen come through here? Uh, could be what the 66ers, could be someone just, you know, a visiting team. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's a work in progress, but Joe Adele is, right. for me, the he's an incredible player but uh the ranch cucamon quakes have had a couple guys come through here uh, Corey seager and and cody bellinger that uh, and walker bueller i mean those those three uh, have been phenomenal yeah. uh, uh we've seen a lot of good players come through this <laughs> league it's really fun it's a fun time i mean you can't turn on a big league game and and not see you know six seven eight guys from the cal league in it at any right. given time and so who knows? Maybe this Mackenzie Gore kid uh, down in Lake Elsinore will be yeah, the, the, the next, latest. Yeah, yep, next guy. So you travel with the team, road everywhere. So I'm guessing you're going to have a little difference in the players we've talked to. But your, um, you know, at the end of the game, hotel room pastime. What do you do? Uh, it it kind of depends on the town. Yeah. Uh, it depends on I. You know, I have two little kids at home, so it depends on how tar- tired I am from that. But uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, that's a joke. My wife yeah. does everything. For that. <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, you know, if it's a, a quick turnaround the next day, I start working on my game notes that night. Okay. Uh, at least I'll try to knock out the, the, the stuff I can knock out. Um, uh, but, you know, if I have a friend in town, I might go grab a, a cold one and then and then uh, delay my work till the next morning a little, morning bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, It's not like, you know, when I was younger, uh, I, you know, I wanted to see how much damage I could do to a town <laughs> and, then, and then leave town in the, in the dust. Get out. I'm old now. Those, those <laughs> days are, are less so, yeah. Right. yeah we, we talked to a lot of the players here, and I'm just glad that you didn't have the same match because every time we asked, what well, you did past time, Fortnite. That's the next player. Oh. Fortnite. That's the next player. Fortnite. So I'm like, okay, we'll probably get a little different answer yeah, here. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the, I've Wimbledon's on. That's the only Fortnite I think about, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, so on the bus, too, you're on the bus. Is there anything you read a book to pass that time, or you just, you know, like you said, maybe work on your notes? Yeah, it's, it, depending on how bumpy the road is. Uh, <laughs> if I can knock out some notes, uh, I do that. Uh, um, you know, I, I'm on my phone a lot. I used to bring books, and now it's like most people. I used yeah. to bring books, and now I'm on my phone. I, I, I probably should read more books again. <laughs> uh, but if I can sneak an hour or two of sleep in there, too, I try to do that. So I was here to watch the game Friday, oh, yeah. and as... A lot of people in Southern California know there was a big earthquake that happened, and the game was going on as it happened, and you're up here in the press box. What A, what was your reaction when it first started rumbling, and then how do you, what's your mentality then when you're on the broadcast? Like, do you say, oh, we're having an earthquake, i got to step away, or like, what, what's your mindset at that That's time? exactly what I said. I said, yeah. oh, wow, we're having an earthquake here. This is really a big one. It's rumbling, you know, yeah. and, and like I told you, I grew up in the Bay Area as an Oakland A's fan, and so you know, immediately I was thinking about, you know, the, the World Series uh, game that the Loma Prieta quake hit during, but uh, or right before it. But this was mid-game. Right. We were being no hit in the fourth inning. And Jordan, then also while the earthquake was going, I think it was Zimmerman that got the hit. Jordan the Zimmerman got a base hit up the middle during an earthquake <laughs> against the quakes. Yeah. Uh, right, that stuff. So, yeah, right. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, 
it's happening and that's bizarre and once it all settles down you start saying okay now we can have a little levity about it and then you start thinking well if it was bad here what's it like where this thing probably was centered and right. obviously the people in Ridgecrest uh, we have Stephanie O'Quinn who works for us uh, her folks live up in Ridgecrest and you know everything at their house got dumped over and uh, so there's a reality to it. Uh, it's a neat story for us, mm-hmm. but you know, there's people who are living. Through, yeah, yeah, they're living through the the tough part of it. Is that your first time in an earthquake during either at a game or working a game? It's that's the biggest. The biggest. Uh, we had one last year. I, I felt it. I, f- I felt a couple in this booth before, but uh-huh. that was by far. The yeah, that no, was nothing like that. So, like you said, you, you you grew up playing baseball. You 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 obviously watch baseball every day now. So I'm going to give you some baseball phrases, and I want your first thought. <laughs> first thought about them. So first one, bat flip. Coming around, I guess, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, it used to be something that I was like, no, no, no. But you know what? It, it's not, uh, this isn't a war memorial. It's a living game. And if that's what the guys want to do, that's what they want to do. I, I still say maybe it should be uh, appropriate to what's happening during the, the game. game. If it's 10 to 1 <laughs> in the 8th inning and you bat flip, you know, I'm like, okay, that might be a little beyond the pale. But you know what? I'm old. <laughs> Next one, launch angle. I think it's just a term that maybe people always knew about, but now it's got a term, and and uh, and I think that uh, it's also like sabermetrics, where it's mm-hmm. people use it as a catch-all phrase that doesn't necessarily embody what they're trying to do or are trying to accomplish by using that term. The shift. Yeah, that the shift is weird for a broadcaster. <laughs> because um, you're just so accustomed to what it was. Um, but it makes perfect sense. And I think that an interesting thing is they're trying to make the games, everyone wants to make the game shorter, right. but then they say they want to ban the shift. And I'm saying, well, the shift makes games shorter. Right. right. So, um, you know, it, it still looks weird. I think that's one thing that I, I think at a, at a basic of. level, I think mm-hmm. the asymmetry of it makes people freak out. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four guys on one yeah, end. Yeah, 100%. Um, if you had a walk-up song. Oh, wow. Okay, so back in high school, I had a walk-up song. My, my <laughs> high school in center field, my buddy's house was there, mm-hmm. and the guys who weren't on the baseball team set up speakers, <laughs> uh, huge speakers. And I was actually a pitcher, and I came out to shut them down by public enemy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you see so, that one coming? Yeah. Um, I was, the game's about to go on, so I'll leave you with this last oh, one. Um, best advice you've ever gotten from, it could be from a coworker, a family member, or anybody? Oh, wow. Uh, so that's a really good question. I've gotten a lot of advice over the years. Um, I can tell you the most frequent advice that is the hardest advice to follow, but so many people that have succeeded have said it is be yourself. Um, and that can be frustrating. Uh, Bob Euchre told me to be myself. Vince Scully told me to be myself. Uh, Those are good people to listen yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Uh, but then, you know, you apply for a job, and the people that are doing the hiring, I was told at one point, they were in a room and said, he doesn't sound like anybody else. And 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 I'm like, well, wait, I was told to be myself. <laughs> no, so, like, yeah. yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I mean, to thine own self be true, it's pretty good advice. Yeah. I think the, the bard said that. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your awesome. time. Thank My you. pleasure. We'll see you around the ballpark all the time. Absolutely. What a great interview by the Golden Voice, Steve Went, man. Sixty Sixers, yeah. awesome guy, awesome guy, very friendly. And again, too, if you ever go down to a game, you'll see him. Especially if you get there early enough before the game actually starts, you'll probably see him running around somewhere on the field, grabbing people for this, grabbing people for that. But um, 
you know, if, if you if you love Angels baseball and you want to listen to some kind of prospects work their way up through, Angel games might not be on or already over. Throw on the radio and 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 listen to him because he, he has a lot of great stories and he's really good at what he does. Yeah, he's a great guy. Above above anything else, the guy has been a real uh, large part of our success here on the podcast. So thank you, Steve Went and the whole entire 66ers organization for Shout everything out. you guys do and everything you guys do for us. So thanks again. So moving on as we do every week, unlike some other segments that we can't do every week. <clears throat> We're not going to mention who did that or uh, what, but, but you anyway. know. You but, know who you are. Yeah. It's poll question time. Daniel, go ahead and take it over. Yeah, so again, this week, poll question um, on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. We always try to put one up every week, but this one was pretty simple, I guess pretty um, appropriate for the time, seeing that it was the All-Star break. Uh, Angels reached All-Star break going 45 and 46. Where do you think they will finish? And again, I kind of asked this one at the beginning of the year, so I was interested to see how it would shift a little bit. But again, um, your options were a division winner, first wild card, second wild card, or miss the playoffs completely. And I, I kind of think with, with it not really being a big surprise, 53% of the people voted uh, said miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. oh, there we go. When we had our before the season podcast, our season preview podcast, we had our predictions, and I predicted them not to make the playoffs. Um, I think this team is – a you know just because of the pitching and the bullpen uh the bullpen i think the bullpen's good they're just uh not they're, they they need time to grow together so i've always said from that broadcast that this team is was not going to make the playoffs um they were just going to miss out i i believe they're a 500 maybe slightly over or slightly under but they're going to hover around that 500 mark and that's exactly the team that's that's showing right now and because of again um, pitchers not getting deep. We don't really have a true ace, stuff like that. We can get into that, and it'll be a whole another hour of us talking. But I did pick them not to make. Yeah, I said too. Same thing as I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs now because not only even when I was at the beginning of the year, I said they had to be kind of optimistic, and I was thinking maybe it's like a wild card spot if stuff start going the right way. But obviously, with the, with the injuries, um, the Lestel is gonna miss significant time. We still don't know what Goodwin's gonna do. Um, but the biggest loss, obviously, is gonna be the Tyler Skaggs. I mean, you have a, you have a pitcher that was, you know, obviously wasn't a number one kind of guy, but he was a solid two, solid three, and now he's not there, and now you need to figure out a way to get depth at a position that you yeah. didn't have a lot of depth in. So, um, and then not to mention the the mental toll that it, it's going to take on yeah. the players. That, sure. um, yeah, they can they can come together and 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 win a couple games here and there. But I truly believe that no, you got to be realistic. I, 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 I think truly, real I truly believe that you know sooner or later it's that that kind of adrenaline rush might fade a little bit. But yeah. the the not only the on the field with Tyler, but also off the field with Tyler is going to have. Um, it's going to have a lot bigger effect in the locker room, kind of keeping mm. these guys loose. So, you know, Tyler's loss of Tyler is going to be felt throughout the year. And I think with that, I, I, I and, you know, right now as we talk, they're six and a half back off the second wild card spot and 12 and a half off the division. <laughs> That's just a really big gap to, to, to have when you, when you, when you don't have a really good pitcher like Tyler, you, you're not going to have them. So not, not just that. And, and Angel Central saying 2009, that 2019 was a lot better than this one. But not even just that. Think about the teams that are ahead of us having exceptional seasons, like just really good seasons. You got and New York. New York's winning that Eastern Division. Then you have Tampa Bay. You there's have a lot Boston. of guys. Well, there's just a lot of teams ahead of I mean, it would be different Texas if— Texas is having a great season. I think it would be different if 
maybe if they were six and a half back, but maybe they only had a leapfrog like two teams. Yeah, they got a leapfrog like, like five, four, like four teams, yeah, four yeah. or five teams, and that's that's the hard part is because they got there, there's only so yeah. many. You win, great, but at a certain point, it's not going to matter if you win or not. You're going to have to need help from those mm. other guys, and then whether or not they win or lose is going to be a big part of it. And I and I just think that, you know, again with with the loss of Tyler and I, and and I. I it cannot be undersold that that's going to be a huge loss for the Angels, not only on the field but off the field. Because, again, he was a very solid pitcher that was, you would think, making that turning. And, and it sucks for the Angels and having to go through all this as a fan and as and and as a team. But, you know, he's going to be very deeply missed on and off the field. And I also don't know if they can come back yeah, from that. It's, even even with Tyler on the team, I felt like they just weren't. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be. 100% truthful. I just don't think this team was built to win this year, and that's okay. Uh, we were talking about you either rebuild and just tank or you do what the Angels are doing and be competitive as you can be, and uh, I'm okay with what they're doing right now. Um, we're on Instagram Live as well. Angel Central mentioned 2009, like I said. You got to remember that that 2019 had Jared Weaver. I believe still had John Lackey. They had Irvin Santana. Um, I believe they had uh, Joe Saunders, who was uh, pitching very well at the time. The Angels don't have that now, especially like you mentioned, now with yeah. the loss, uh, a loss. I know that they had lost Aiden Hart at the beginning of the year. And I hate to da- downplay Aiden Hart's death because it was bad. It's not the, it's not the, but it, Tyler Skaggs was a part of this organization. The fans knew him more. We barely got to know um, uh, Aiden Hart. Nick Aiden Hart. We barely got to know him, and it, and it sucked. But the, the loss of Tyrus Skaggs is much greater. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate the way that sounds, but it weighs heavier because of the impact that he had on more people's lives, coming right. up through the system, getting traded, coming back, being that guy who we we wanted to be the A, stuff like that. So it does weigh heavy. You got to measure all that stuff. Teams ahead of us, and then you got to measure just the talent level that this team has. Offensively, we can score runs, but – Pitching wise is a problem, and moving forward, you, you know, into the future, the Angels will be better. You already see a guy in Griffin Canning working his way up at the major league level. You see a guy like Suarez starting to make you know strides at the major league level. Doesn't mean the Angels won't go out and get somebody next year, stuff like that. So um, just this year, you everybody's got to be realistic. And I know that people talk, oh, you got to have the faith. I do. But I'm really realistic when it comes down to it, and it's just I just don't feel like it's going to happen. Yeah, and again, too, kind of like what you were. I still believe they'll be around 500. I just don't yeah. think that them being that's not good enough. Right? Yeah, them being two games over 500 at the end of the year is still going to put them. I believe four games back. I think even more than yeah. that. I think it's going to be seven e- games. Even if they're five games over, you still got to look at the teams that are ahead of us and like they're on, they're doing good and they're going to get better. So even if the Angels were five games over, I think they still miss the playoffs by four or five games. Right, yeah. And, and again, too, the future looks bright. We talked about it earlier on the podcast. Um, you have Joe Adele. You have Griffin Canning, obviously, now that's in the mix um, with the major league team. But you have <clears throat> Suarez and, and, and Berea. They hopefully take the next step Berea, within, yeah. within the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, Haney hopefully can, you know, kind of get going and hopefully put the injury kind of concerns behind him. But Solid 2-3 uh, guy. And, but if you have those kind of four guys <clears throat> together right then – and then maybe, yeah, maybe add a free agent, you know, if it is a Garrett Cole or someone like that, and to be your top-line guys and everyone else kind of fall in behind them. I think that's a very good staff. I think they have the foundation 
for a good staff with one more piece missing. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I, I, you know, you 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 see the future. You see you see it coming up. So hopefully that um, will be you know something to look forward to. But um, I will definitely be because I already got my tickets for the game. Someone asked on Instagram Live. Yeah. I will be at the game I'm tomorrow I'm on, on Friday. Um, I, I will be there. I just not sure what time, but hopefully get there early enough to see all the um, memorials and all that stuff. I think they said uh, on Twitter today that there's going to be a like kind of a presentation remembrance kind of deal at 7:01. So if you get there, you go in the you go in the parking lot and tailgate. That's great. Make sure you get in there for that to see it and, and be part of it and, and to show you show show the respect show show the support of everything so again if you're going to be there early great tailgate great have a good time but make sure you're in the ballpark by seven o'clock i want to try to be there i'm not going to guarantee it really right now for me it's 50 50 so um if i do go it'll be uh tickets on StubHub, and <laughs> i'm leaving as soon as i get home from work right so and I, I think the same is for chris chris is on vacation right now that's why we don't have a curator's chronicles but uh he's always on vacation. yeah i know what the hell um but I think he's he's I think he's might go. I think he's leaning toward going too. So hopefully we can all be there. If if not, Daniel for sure he already has his tickets. Uh let's get into the emails for this week. <clears throat> Again, we didn't have a very busy week in Angels baseball as far as actual games played, but Lamar he says Lamar Washington says, What's up fellas? Not much happening, still kind of reeling from the tighter skags passing. It was really nice to see Trout and LaCella wearing forty five at the All Star game. Not just that, but just seeing everyone had a forty five patch. Um, but I did when I did see Mike Trout run out because I didn't see the 45 on La Stella when because he was standing there. But when I saw Mike Trout run out, man, it it, I, it got it was me in cool. the feels, man. It was it cool. It was really cool to see. I was yeah. something I, I tweeted about yeah. on on our on our Twitter Halo underscore Haven um, that dude. I really want to see this happen. I really want to yeah. see. You know, it's an awesome game. It's it's an exhibition game that doesn't mean anything. Like <clears throat> there was no reason why they couldn't do it, and I'm su- I was super glad to see that day of. Because when Trout was at the uh, like home run derby and all that stuff with his um, kind of BP uniform, it was twenty seven and stuff like that. So you were like, oh, okay, maybe not. But then they came out and did the team picture again, twenty seven, and that's the day of the game. You're like, all right, whatever. <clears throat> but then when the Angels Instagram feed and Twitter feed posted the um, forty five hanging in the locker room yeah. of, or the locker of both. Um, Trout and Lestella, I it, it was it was a really cool feeling and it was it was awesome because you know Skaggs you know very easily could have been an all star one day he was on that trajectory and it was cool to and even Trout said it too he's like he you know he always wanted to be an all star and he felt like he was there with us today so um, that was that was definitely for me you know the all star game itself was like kind of like whatever but that was definitely probably the um, that and then the stand up for cancer. I don't know if you saw the game. The yeah, Carrasco yeah, yeah. was it Carrasco that just came down with uh, cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he Car- was out. Carrasco, yeah. Yeah, and he was there with his with his teammates, and they gave him. That was that yeah. was great too. And just yeah. stories like that for me is 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 more important than the actual like All Star game itself. That was a great moment. Yeah, for sure. The next email comes from Duncan Healy, a loyal listener from Dead Horse, Alaska. He said, "Hey there, guys. Trade deadline vastly approaching." Angels going to do anything, or will they stay, or stay just how they are? I think the latter. Um, I agree with Duncan. I think the Angels will stay pat. I, I don't. They don't have anyone in my mind that they can that that's so good that, that they can trade to a um, uh, team in in the mix or you know whatever. But one thing that I did want to touch on that I was going to say, if someone had mentioned Matt Harvey, 
I think Matt Harvey can be a Ian Kinsler type guy where the Angels can actually trade him to a team that maybe just needs depth to get them. Not not that they need Matt Harvey to win a game, but when you had a guy like Matt Harvey to just your pitching staff, he can throw innings and he can save your ace from throwing games. If you're so far ahead, they can use they can use a guy like Matt Harvey to just kind of stay in the bullpen or just kind of be there for spot starts or something. And you never know what you can get out of it. And if they get an arm, like the Angels last year traded Ian Kinsler, Ian Kinsler was just the Angels weren't going to do nothing. Ian Kinsler wasn't doing anything. He was having a horrible year. And look who they flipped him for. But he started, though, for Boston. He, yeah. He started. Then he, he got hurt. They and, needed, they, yeah. Well, you, right. can't, you can't predict yeah. that. But yeah. with Kinsler last year, they, Boston needed a defensive second baseman. They weren't really worried about offensively right. because they had a bunch of offense to, to spare. Yeah. So they weren't worried about his offensive number. They needed a defensive second baseman. And they got right. that with Kinsler. And I think that's why it was kind of a we need this kind of deal. Right. Um, Harvey, I don't. I mean, well, I'm not saying that they're gonna get somebody good. I'm just saying, no, no, no. Like, I, I, instead I of releasing them, just trade them to somebody for anything, and you can get. Who cares if he's a f- real down just, in the? Yeah, I just think honestly, somebody. if you really want to make a splash in the trip, and I and I don't, and I know they're not gonna make a splash. I, I don't think they're gonna do this. But no. if but if they want to make a move, and they're already kind of out of it, and they you trade Cole. We, yeah. we, we, we've talked I mean, about Joe. We talked about maybe he's not ready this year, but next year, next year for sure. Yeah, he'll get a shot. You know, maybe you flip a Cole look. for something because, mm-hmm. you know, even deep – and again, kind of the Kinsler thing. Defensively, right? he's a game changer that way. For sure. If you can train him to an, a team that offensively doesn't need a four or fifth hitter that needs maybe – he can fit in as a sixth, seventh in the lineup, but right. defensively can save you two or three runs. Right. Um then great but i think that's the only one that's gonna get you yeah, any kind of any, anything any, any kind yeah. of return i mean you look at cole's numbers um i posted something on instagram earlier today and if you just look at his improvement over the last um year and this is in the first half not even um the full season but his numbers you know his batting average is up his home runs are up by 10 his his rbi is up by 21 he's on base plus slugging is up over 200 points from last year. So if they want to sell, if they want to do something like that, that's the guy to do it. I don't think they will. No. I, but I'm I mean, just saying they if, if they're going to do it, that's probably the guy they're going to do it's it not with. A, it's not a lock that it's going to happen, but it could happen. And um, you also have to look at what other teams need. And it's just an unfortunate. I just don't feel like he. I think if he gets traded to a team, he's not going to a team to be the fourth outfielder. No, no, he's gonna be and the. So, no, I think it's gonna be traded. If yeah. he gets traded, he's gonna be traded to a team that needs a defensive. Yeah. Right. A defensive guy that's gonna start Who and can provide save, some pop from here. And yeah, there. maybe he he because he can save three or four runs and in, in, during the season. But you know, we'll see how that goes with everything uh, coming up again. And this year too, a little bit different. There's one trade yeah. deadline. There's no um, waiver trade li- trade line. So the you know week leading up to it is going to be really interesting. All right. Next question comes from Trevor Billings. Hey guys, what do you guys think about the collision between Marisnik and Lucroy? Was it dirty? And a two game suspension suspension was it justified? What do you think? All right. So I had a lot of debate about this, and I probably am going to go complete opposite of what Angel fans think in general. Was it dirty and is he dirty are two, to me, two totally different things. Yeah. Um, was it dirty? It was on the borderline. I can see how people can say it was, and I can see how people can say it wasn't. Is he dirty? Did he do it with intent? I don't believe so. Just because it's easy to sit there and say, look at the replay. Look at the replay. Yeah, we're slowing it down, you know, millimeter by millimeter by millimeter. 
But guess what? He didn't have that option when he's running down the base. He guessed wrong. He guessed. He guessed left or right, and he guessed wrong. That's. I mean, that's to me. That's the point of it. I don't think he's a dirty player. Was it dirty? It was borderline. Um, two games. You know, if they said two games, fine. If he, if he, if they came out and said five games, okay, fine. Like I, that to me didn't didn't really bug me. I mean, he suspended something, but I don't think it was dirty purposely. I guess is the best way for me to say it. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I I tweeted uh, actually to Mariznik. I tweeted um I tweeted to him because he had wrote something about him feeling bad, but um. It's easy to look at it and see that he did move to the inside and he did go into Lucroy. But again, we're not the ones running down the line full speed. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, think about it. Yeah. How how quick, like, at what point do you need to make a decision? Well, you're either going to go this way or that way. Once you go this way, there's no way to stop. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's my point was, like, he wasn't able to make that decision in instant in slow motion like we right. can we can go back and look and look and look yeah but he wasn't able to make the decision in slow motion like obviously it was you know and again too like how much of it is because of the result if they both get up pat each other on the butt and say wow that was cool man you know that was oh, a hard yeah, nose yeah, play yeah, right. how much how many angel fans are still pissed off about I it think, i think I, yeah. a lot of fans are playing the result like if yeah, they hit sure, each other I and they agree. get up and maybe luke Roy's a little dizzy but whatever not a big deal he's not it looked really bad like i'm not gonna it, lie it looked, it, really it looked bad, horrible it, because he couldn't was... get up he went back down but if he gets up kind of taps him on the butt and is like oh man good play good play blah 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 and nothing else happens after that i don't think anyone cares yeah no, i think it's, it's strictly a strictly but a result kind of uh reaction to it i get the whole the rules are set in place why didn't he just slide i get i get that i understand that but to me there was there was no intent from Arisnik to hurt him there was no. not there yeah. really was not it's like, and if you guys think that stop it just stop Please. It's a 50-50 shot. And he yeah, guessed what it was. Stop. What Mariznik is guilty of right now is being a horrible guesser. Yeah. <laughs> He's horrible at guessing because, I mean, if that ball gets taken up the the line a little bit more he's safe or back behind luke yeah. he's safe or if if that ball's anywhere else but where it was he's safe and there's not really a collision or maybe there's like a little yeah. collision but, but i get i get why oh, some yeah. people are mad i understand i get it don't get me wrong i'm not backing him up but i'm also not gonna crucify the guy and say it's bs it was a dirty play it was yeah. not a dirty and, play. and i don't think he's a dirty player everyone's no, saying he's, he's a dirty player he's i mean not. for me a dirty player means that this is like his fifth offense manny machado shit that or or um you punch a dude yeah, uh yeah, what's yeah. call it? Odor. Odor. like that's yeah. kind of like you are in the moment and you know you're what you're doing and you do it coming down a baseline and then at the you know it's 90 feet from the bases and at at you know 88 feet oh you know yeah. now you have to make a decision and you guess wrong i mean the dude's 200 and some 230 something pounds like it's not easy for him to stop on a dime and go the other way kind of deal yeah it's to me, again, no intent to hurt the guy. There, I don't think there was any there. Again, I did when I did tweet at him. I said, "Hey, you know, um, there was. I believe you that there was no intent." Um, but man, that. What do you feel about the suspension? Two games. I, it, to me, it doesn't. Even, it doesn't matter. It could have suspended him one game and whatever. It is what it is. It happened. Right. Suspending him now. What does it do? Oh, I missed a couple games. I take a few. Yeah. Days. Ah, whatever. That doesn't. Whatever. Um, to me, it's more just. Get past it. I'm sure Luke Croy would tell you. He's like, ah, there's no hard. Play. What about the the Yachty kind of blow that was up? Funny because, that was because Yachty is a the catcher. catcher, and he he and he he feels like, hey, that it's a brotherhood. That's me right there. It's a brotherhood. That could have been me. And I think because the three most vocal people I've seen or I heard um, talk about it are been 
Osmus too. Osmus. Yeah. But what, but but what is he gonna say though? He's not gonna he's not gonna justify it. He's his his player. Yeah. Of course he's gonna take his player side. I think it's like, you know. Obviously, we're not gonna try to get political, but like, oh, Republicans say something. Well, of course, the other Republicans gonna agree with him. He has right. kind of a, a bias, and then same thing with Yachty. Yachty's gonna defend his brotherhood of the catchers, and 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 so you kind of figure that those guys, of course, are gonna take their back. Like, but everyone else that I've heard that are kind of neutral and don't have a, don't have a, uh, a skin in the game. I guess you want to say this said. You know what? That's un- it's an unfortunate, super unfortunate play. I was play. just about to say that. Super unfortunate play. Super. You know, you don't like seeing that, but at the same time, you, you realize that dude made a decision. He made the wrong decision, but he didn't do it on purpose. More than more than any kind of dirty, it was it was more unfortunate than anything. Just it just sucked. It yeah, just it was sucked. a it was really bad. Like I feel bad for Luke Roy. I mean, he's had a really tough um, week. week. Yeah. On top of the Tyler Skaggs, his, um, coach, his coach, coach, college coach, also passed away, and and I don't know if he ended up doing it. But that Monday, he was supposed to go up to Louisiana to his coach's funeral but i don't know if he did with the whole concussion and broken nose the broken nose thing i think is is probably the least worry of the two concussions probably is what's going to linger for a little bit more back in exactly hockey players do it all the time right uh next email comes from leak uh a bull a bull a bull uh what up hey so how long before we see keenan middleton in the bullpen and what role role y'all y'all see him playing um actually you got an interview with um Key, a couple weeks ago, or was no, it wasn't even a couple. It was it was his his first start, or it was his start, I guess. But he was the opener, quote unquote, opener um, for the Atlanta Pirates sixty sixers on Monday, or no, yeah, Monday. That's why I wasn't able to see. The, oh, it was Monday, yeah. That's right. why I wasn't not able to see the home run derby. But again, we talked about it earlier. He uh, had a really good outing, mm-hmm. uh, one base runner on an error, so he was able to work out the stretch a little bit. But I was, yeah, I was able to catch up and talk to him. And so here's the um, post game interview. How do you feel? I mean, I feel good. I mean, I felt good for a while now. Um, just taking steps towards getting back to the team. And this is a big one. So I'm excited. I'm happy. Next step? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be here for one, at least one more game and then Salt Lake from there for maybe a week. And then hopefully I'm back with the guys. Tomorrow, or you have a day off in between? Uh, I, I think I have a couple of days off. I, okay. I don't know. I just have to go back and check with our team and see what they have for us. Now, this has been a long road back. I mean, you know, since last May. Yeah. I mean, how's it feel to finally get back to throwing in game action? Uh, it feels good, man. Like, especially all the stuff we're going through right now. Uh, I just want to be back out there and compete with my guys and be d- together with them right now. And, I mean, how tough is it to watch yesterday's game, you know, I mean, no, no, you know, you help out. Yeah, I know. Um, it sucks a lot. Um, Luke Roy, one of my guys, uh, he's had a, a rough week. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. But uh, I, I just like days like yesterday is exactly why I want, I want and need to be with my team and just be there for them. Is that, is that the hardest thing of this kind of rehab more than so than the, maybe the physical part is not being with the team during for this sure, time? Yeah. For sure. You feel like a ghost sometimes, but uh, it's been a long road, and hopefully I'll be back with them very soon. So how does it feel back to be back in San Bernardino? Oh, coming, coming, coming through here and then now kind of back? It feels good. They told me it was going to be nothing night, and I was kind of excited because I played here three, four seasons ago, and it was nothing night. We had a nothing night then, and it was fun. It was a bigger crowd than tonight, but yeah. it's fun. And yeah, kind of weird with no music, no warm-up music, no, no nothing. I actually liked it. It was actually yeah. pretty cool. I've never 
had I've never had the crowd sing the national anthem right. though. So that was that was new. Can't make that up. <laughs> and now I mean, you know, obviously with what's happened this week with Tyler, I mean, I know you knew him. How far has, has that been for you and not even being able to really be there with the guys either? Yeah, I mean that was by far the worst part about it is just not being able to um, deal with it with my be there with my teammates. Um, they were all there for each other and I was texting them, letting them know I was there for them too. But uh, just not being able to be there for guys like Heaney who's going to take that really hard and who I look up to and Skaggs I also looked up to. So it was just hard not being there with them. And I mean, you know, we, we get back there on you know whenever it, whenever it is. I mean, what's that going to be like for you to be back on the Angels? Man, it's going to be something unreal. It's going to be emotional. I'm already an emotional guy, so it's going to be emotional. Um, I just, it's something I've been dreaming about for the last 14 months, so I, I'm very excited for it. What's been the toughest part of your rehab, probably? Who was that? What's been the toughest part of your rehab? Uh, just not being there with the guys, man. I watch every single pitch of every single game, and I just wish that I could be at least in the dugout hanging out with these guys, seeing them every day. But it's just, it was better off for me to be out in Arizona doing my rehab. Um, I could speed things up that way. So whatever I had to do to speed that up, I did. Um, and now I get to be back with my guys this season. And I'm excited about it. And what about the season? I mean, you know, besides what's happened recently, I mean, you know, the team's sitting there still in the hunt, you know, right at 500. And second half, you know, it's, could be could be good. What, what are your thoughts on going into second half? I mean, we're, we're all very excited. Like you said, we're still in the hunt. Um, we, we've very rarely, we have our whole squad together. So I mean, me getting back, I like to say, say that I'm a big piece. Um, JC Ramirez as well. Uh, we got up back for a little bit, now he's back down. Like, if we can just get all of us together, we're really excited. But the most pieces are all the pieces we have right now are very good as well. Do you think it's adversity this, this, this team suffered this week, not just with Tyler, but with all the injuries, you know, Tommy, one down, Justin, and of course, you know, LaCroix yesterday? You think know, it's, it's bringing a team together? And- For real. I mean, um, as you see, like, at the night after everything happened, we took the day off, and then the next night, we're down, and we come back, and we fight back. And I, the whole time I'm sitting at home, I was like, these guys aren't done. And then we came back, Cole hit a home run, we fought back, and we came back, and we beat Texas. And uh, the next day, I tweeted, like, everybody would expect us to fold, but that's that's not us. We, we don't fold. We're going to do everything for Tyler, and we're going to finish out this, year, this season strong. And what would you like to say something to Tyler's mom? What would you say to Just that they've been in my thoughts and prayers every single day. Uh, Carly's the nicest girl ever. Um, it was not easy for, for us. So I can't even imagine what it would be like for them, but... Um, I looked up to that guy like he was a god, so just know that your son is a hero to me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was Keenan Middleton. So good to see him um, feeling good, which is most important. I think right. more than results, you just want to you want to hear from the guy to tell you feel good, good out there, right? And, and that it, there's nothing better than that, right? And then two, same thing is that I kind of mentioned earlier is that he didn't reach his I guess pitching max. So he went to the bullpen, finished. So that obviously shows that he's feeling good and ready to go. Um, he talked about the Tyler Skaggs and how that's kind of been weighing on his mind. So that was a really cool part of the interview that. Um, kind of opened him up a little bit. But, again, um, you know, I got a video and everything like that on our Twitter and on our Instagram feed. It's both Halo underscore Haven on both. So, again, if you don't subscribe or follow, make sure you do that. Um, and as of right now, our podcast um, interviewee, I guess you want to say, Stephen Went just updated um, Angel Nation uh, from from his Twitter at Steve underscore went. So definitely give him a follow. Steve underscore went, but there's a D. So W E N D T. Um, and he said, uh, Keen Milton gives up a single double and a walk to base 
to load the bases, then strikes out the next three batters, all looking on fastballs to toss a shutout frame for the 66ers and Vesalia on a rehab outing. 19 pitches, 14 strikes. Fastball sat around 94, 95, topping out at 96. And that's a, nice. that's a definitely a two to three mile per hour improvement than when he was at Ellen Empire on Monday. So, again, he's working back um, that arm strength. And that was kind of a concern when I posted his velo and it was like, wow, that's kind of down. Um, I wouldn't look too much into it now because, no. again, he's working back, getting back, getting back to it. Yeah. So. Um, again, topping out at 96 today, maybe at the next outing. And if you and you heard the interview, you know, he's expecting to be in Salt Lake for a little bit. So maybe by the time he gets down to Salt Lake, he gets that velo up to topping up at, you know, 99, 98 consistently. So um, still a little progress. But again, a huge, huge, huge um, piece of that bullpen that the Angels really need right now um, going into the final stretch to at least get him comfortable again on right. the Angel uh, Stadium mound. To answer your question, Malik, about where he fits in on this team, I could, he's a guy that's going to come in, I think, and, and pitch you one inning, maybe maybe not high leverage right away because it's not what you want to do. But you want to bring him in in situations where, you know, you need to get a guy out. He, he's a guy He's a guy that can, like you said, yeah. he throws hard. But more than anything, his movement is what gets people out. And I just love his tenacity on the mound. He wants the ball, and that's what the Angels miss, a guy that's going to want the ball, take it, and do what he's got to do with it. Um, he'll be a guy, I think, that'll come in and, and, and work when the game is tied. He'll come in in the sixth, seventh inning and get an inning out and I work almost, his way up to the seventh, eighth inning. I almost feel like – I feel like if maybe not right away, but pretty quickly, they'll put him in the eighth inning guy. I put Buttry seventh. So you have Buttry going seven, eight, nine with Buttry, Middleton, and, and Robles. You know what I mean? And then if Robles isn't available, then he's going to slide in easily to that ninth inning um, closer spot. If, if Say if Robles pitches two or three days in a row and he's unavailable. I think, I think they'll give that to to, to Buttry because he's uh, earned it this year. No, I think they'll give it to really? Middleton because, we'll because he, he's, he's the guy. Like He's yeah, going to be I, the closer. I feel like him just coming off of uh, – Injury, I just don't feel. I, I don't well, think Osmus will bring him in. I don't do think that. they'll. I don't. I. I don't think the time. I don't think they'll really worry about that. Is if he's like had a couple of days off in between. Yeah. If it's back to back days, I think they'll be very, very. Um, they'll watch him with that. Like I don't see him going back to back days. I, no, at least no, not, he's not for, definitely not. But I what, but I think either. once he's in, and he kind of it kind of showed now with the rehab starts getting his. Um, pitch count up to you know 17 18 19 pitches that i think he will be able to go that length uh, um in the eighth inning and and you know even if you go if you find if you go seven eight nine with middleton buttry and and robles um i, I think that's still a really good I just, back end for yeah, the angels i just feel like if they bring him if they're going to limit his pitch count i i honestly don't think he needs to go over 25 pitches per inning for a while you know um I feel like if he if they're gonna bring in a clo- him to close and he gets into trouble, you've already wasted Buttry and 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 Robles or Robles is not um, he's not uh, let's say he pitched two days in a row and he's not available to you. I I just feel like if you bring in Key in that situation and he gets into trouble, I don't think the Angels are gonna push him as far as pitch count. You know, so that's where I I feel like I think uh, Buttry's a guy. For that, or even Luis Garcia, the Angels have showed that Luis Garcia can be that guy. But I don't see him moving forward being. Yeah, the guy. I, but I think he's kind of solid. In yeah, that he'll six, be like sixth, seventh inning yeah. guy when you need him to. But definitely moving forward, he's a closer. I mean, he's a guy that has the stuff. He's he, he's the future of the Angels uh, back end of that bullpen for right, sure. Exactly. So uh, going into next year, I think it's his job uh, to, to lose. lose in the in the spring training. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and then but hey, that's good to have a Robles in your eighth inning, you know. Yeah, I still but three seven. As long as we still get the horse, I'm good. Yeah, we're good. So, um, that's gonna wrap it up for our emails. I don't think we got too many other questions coming from Instagram Live right yeah, now yeah, as no. well. So, um, I have nothing else really to talk about going forward. Again, we have uh, the homestand kicking off tomorrow, which is Friday. We're recording today on a Thursday. That's a three game set against Seattle. At home, and then a four-game set in at the Big A against Astros. Then they hit the road to Seattle for three, and then come back home to, you know, L.A. to play the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. So, and then you can try to go for a four-game. Now, yeah, you can say it was a sweep. Yeah, or if they go three out of four, too, I'll take three out of four easily. Yeah, you you series win. Um, I'll take it against Doyers. So yeah. Anyway, I mean, I guess that's it. We don't got any more questions coming in from Instagram Live. Um, if you, unless you have anything else, no, that's it. Remember to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. If you're not already, um, we'll post when the next podcast will come up. We'll ask for questions. Also, a uh, new thing we're trying is our YouTube page. So just, uh, search all angels podcast. We'll put a couple of our interviews up there too. If you want to go back and watch them again, you could do it there. Um, with probably a little video, uh, behind it. But again, um, the biggest thing we ask people, especially for you people out there that are on the uh, Apple podcast, rate, review, uh, five stars would be great. Write a review. Um, let us know what we're doing. Let us know um, how we're doing, what we can do better. And same thing with the emails, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Easiest way to reach us. Yeah. And, again, follow us on Twitter. You guys on Instagram Live, obviously, follow us. Um, yeah, follow us. We do. We try to do our best to keep you guys we, we don't try to be like other um, fan pages where we – I mean, you guys want the stats and lines. You guys know where to get it, you know. Um, we, we don't try to do that too much. We just try to keep you guys informed, give, try to give you as much original content as we can. And for you guys to reach out to us, it's always, it's always good to see that people are listening or people are watching what we do on, on our social media site. So give us, a, 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 like Daniel said, a review. We're available on Apple iTunes uh, or podcast, Google, uh, Spotify, and, of course, Spreaker.com. We're a part of the Armchair Media Network of Podcasts. We'll have some news regarding that in the upcoming weeks. Uh, other than that, that's going to wrap it up for the All Angels Podcast. I am Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And right now, he'd be saying... Of the All Angels Podcast. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs>
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.